News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Ask about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Good Saturday morning. Thank you make, uh, so much for making me a part of your morning. If you're joining us on the Facebook live stream as well. Hello, hello. Uh, if you want to ever follow along in the show on Facebook live, just search on the mark KHMO on Facebook. You get to our Facebook page. Uh, you can follow the show there. I post little updates throughout the week. Sometimes we'll do a video if, uh, if things are breaking. Then of course we'll do the Facebook live here, uh, during the radio show. If you want to stare at me yelling and making a lot of hand gestures as we're about to break down the NFL draft as opposed to just listening, uh, to my not so great radio voice here through the KHMO airwaves and the free KHMO app. Um, what a week we had leading up to uh, now a, another great weekend of sports. Uh, the NBA playoffs officially moving in the second round. We have NFL draft fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds coming on up through the rest of the weekend. Uh, we just got through the first three rounds of the NFL draft. So much to talk about. Uh, the MLB, we're about 20 games in. There's some huge Concerns on the south side of Chicago. Uh, lots and lots of great topics. We'll try to get to it all. As always, follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. All right, let's get it started with Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right, Hespin headline number one. Of course, we got to talk winners and losers, right, of the NFL draft. That's what everyone wants to do right now. We need to know who won. We need to know who lost. You are a winner in the draft. You are a loser. No one has played anything yet. We haven't seen these these rookies yet even in an NFL uniform, but you have won and you have lost. You know, it, it's a lot. I, obviously, I'm being silly, but it's so much what people want to do. And I do think you can take some things and say, you know what, I feel good about a team. I feel like that team addressed some needs. But you never know if these kids can actually play until they get into camp. They take hits. Uh, they start actually working with uh, th- with their teammates in an organization, in a professional setting when they're on their own. Now they're millionaires. They're young. They have the city, uh, the keys to the city basically to do whatever they want. You never know how all of those human factors are going to affect just what we see on paper of, oh, they had a need, and it looks like they filled that need, so they should be a winner uh, versus a loser. There's uh, so many variables here to the NFL draft, but I do think we can look at some things and go, you know what? On paper, that looks good. That feels good for these teams, and on paper, some of these teams, I, I-, I question what they're doing. So let's start with two teams that I know got better. I know for a fact 
they got better, and they're two teams that made the playoffs last year, and they're two teams that are looking to take that next step. Maybe not yet Super Bowl, but like, hey, now you're competing for not just, oh, you made the playoffs, but competing for the championship in your in your conference. You are you are now sniffing that NFC or AFC championship game and the possibility of a Super Bowl. Uh, and first and foremost, that's the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles uh, had a terrific draft because they left the first round with A.J. Brown, a absolute star-wide receiver, a guy who we know is going to come in and make a difference day one. Um, and he is a guy... Uh, that is a sure-handed receiver that Philadelphia has tried to draft for years. He now has Devontae Smith on the other side, the Heisman Trophy winner. This is now a really, really good Eagles receiving core, which a year ago at this time, before round one of the NFL draft, was one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL, if not the worst, is now all of a sudden one of the better receiving cores in the NFL. So that's great for the Eagles. And then I do also like... The Eagles going and getting Jordan Davis, I think, is a is a um, a non bust. He will be a good NFL player. He will be a good NFL starter. Will he be Fletcher Cox out of Georgia? Uh, Jordan Davis, I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh yeah, he's going to be a perennial Pro Bowler. He's got the measurables uh, to be that. But I do think this guy's got zero, uh, very little bust potential. So that feels good on paper, right? And then you add uh, the center from Nebraska in round two. Uh, you address the fact that you're going to lose Kelsey in a year. Talk about a guy who can come in, maybe play some guard for you right away and be your future center for years to come. I like that move on paper. And N'Kobe Dean, the kid out of Georgia who's a first-round talent, the red flags are all about this apparent sh- shoulder surgery he hasn't had or did not want to have, and is just trying to rehab through and say, no, no, I can play. This is a Philadelphia team that massively upgrades their wide receiver room. They lock uh, A.J. Bra- Brown down on a much more reasonable deal than you see some of these other wide receivers got the big money this year uh, offseason. And then you have a guy like uh, Nicobe Dean who is all uh, talk about a giant ceiling. And if his shoulder is really never a concern, you talk about getting a first round talent in the third round. You like that. You got to like what the Philadelphia Eagles did on paper. So I think if I was going to give a winner, they'd be one of them. Another team that I know got better, who is a playoff team that is maybe looking to take that next step. Is a uh, is the Arizona Cardinals? The Arizona Cardinals have had a weird off season. The 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 up and down with Kyler Murray. They picked up the fifth year option of Kyler Murray. It looks like they will get a deal done with Kyler Murray. I think they should get a deal done with Kyler Murray. And then you bring in his college teammate, a guy who fits Kyler Murray and their offense really well in Hollywood Brown. You know, I know Hollywood Brown is a elite level two in the NFL. He, if he's your one, that's a troublesome thing for your receiving core. But if he's your two or your three, like he'll be in Arizona, wow. That, I mean, another great weapon for Kyler Murray in that offense. That, to me, is is worth it for a team that is in a win-now mode, is a is a, is in a tough division where they're going to be battling uh, the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, you know, t- two teams have battled in the NFC Championship game. they got to go up against uh, four times a year. Um, they need all the weapons they can get. So I love that move for the Cardinals. Now, overall, um, again, as far as if you're telling me I need to draft the Cardinals, 
you know, grade the Cardinals draft. I, I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, winners, losers. I'm going to say I know that they got a they got a, a player that they didn't have to start the draft that I know can come in and help them. You know, they, they get uh, you know the tight end out of Colorado State uh, in round two. I, I think they've had an okay draft, a couple defensive ends in round three uh, for the Cardinals. Uh, so I think the Eagles, the Cardinals, I would put his quote. If you want to, um, if you're watching on the Facebook Live, you can see this. The air quotes winners of of the draft. Uh, some other things I really like from the draft. I think the Jets did a, has done a really good job, and I know that's weird and it's hard because it is a bad organization. The Jets are a bad organization, but when you get the best cornerback in the draft at pick four, you get I think uh, the arguably the first or second best wide receiver in the draft at pick ten, and then at pick uh, twenty six, all first rounders, you get a guy who can come in and be a high-ceiling starter defensive end, Jermaine Johnson, the second out of Florida State. I love their first round. I think that's really solid. And then you go in and get the best running back in the draft. You don't reach for him. You get him early in the second round. Even though you don't necessarily need a running back, you need playmakers. You're the Jets. So, I, I mean, I know it's not exactly position of need, but you got to make picks, and you need playmakers. You you need all the help you can get. I like that pick for the Jets. Uh, then they get the tight end out of Ohio State in the third round. I, I think the Jets have had a solid draft. I think again on paper. Now it's a bad organization. Uh, I think they have the you know a, the third or fourth best coach in their division. I think they have the third or fourth best quarterback in their division. I'd go fourth right now. So or, you know, am I saying oh just because they're winners from the draft doesn't mean I actually think the Jets going to be much improved, but I do think as far as when uh, positions came available to them, players of need, and also filling, uh, just best available, also filling needs, I think the Jets did a really solid job. I like the Detroit Lions. Their first round I thought was really solid. Aiden Hutchinson, whenever you can get the best player in the draft and you don't pick him number one, well, that's nice, right? Uh, so I think that the, the absolutely, the Lions got the best player in the draft and they didn't have to pick him number one overall. They fell to them at number two. Trayvon Walker out of Georgia for the Jags. I mean, listen, the Jags, again, are looking. They need playmakers. I, I thought an Aiden Hutchinson or an offensive lineman uh, would have been the better choice. But they probably they see the upside in Trayvon Walker, and he is a physical freak. Uh, but... Um, I think it's one of those, a little bit of a reach. I think they overthought it. Aiden Hutchinson, to me, is the best player in this draft. And the Lions got him at two, which is great. Then the Lions only have to give up very little to stay in the first round and go from 32 all the way to 12 to get the wide receiver out of Alabama, who I think is the most talented wide receiver in this draft, uh, Jamison Williams, and would have been the number one wide receiver in this draft if he didn't have the torn ACL. And so he'll be working his way back, won't start the season. But... For the Lions, that's okay. They're not, they have, you know, St. Brown. They have a couple other weapons. They can survive with Hawkinson until they get Jamison Williams uh, in uniform, uh, hopefully by the middle of the season. I think this Lions team nailed it in the first round. Shout out to them. Uh, and then finally, before I talk about the quarterbacks, um, I'll talk about those. So those are the four teams I felt good about Eagles, Cardinals, Jets, Lions. If I'm just trying to feel good about teams, I think the Ravens had a good first round, some other moments as well. But if you're just trying to get me to say, who do I feel good about? Uh, not necessarily winners. I would lean towards those uh, four organizations. Now, the Bears. My Bears, I got I to gotta spend a little bit of time and thoughts on it. Um, Kyler Gordon. Washington corner. I actually like that pick as their first overall pick in the second round. And um, 
I know it's listen. It's tough because you we know as Bears fans, offense is such an issue. But Matt Eberflus is a defensive guy, and the Bears are a defensive organization. Every organization has just got their calling card, and having the defense the way that Eberflus wants it. I'm okay if they felt like these are the best available guys and in positions of need. All I can you could argue maybe safety was a little bit of a reach. You, you have stronger needs than safety, but with Kyle Gore, Kyler Gordon out of Washington and Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State, uh, getting those two second round picks, a safety and a corner to go with Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson. I, all right, all right. You got your you got your back end, that, and and if that's a, it's a huge thing in the NFL right now with the growth of the passing game and the wide receivers getting paid what they can get paid. If you feel really strong about your four starters in the back end, which I think the Bears should feel good about, they're young, but you have Eddie Jackson, the veteran, hopefully to to learn this new defense and, and to call it those signals. It makes getting Roquan Smith a, a long term deal done even more important with those young back end. But I do feel strong about all right, you've shored up a whole position group, and that's an important thing to do. The Bears still need help on the offensive line, and wide receiver still a real concern. Uh, I, you know, I was getting a little bit of pushback. My little brother reached out to me, not not so high on uh, Jones Jr., the wide receiver out of Tennessee. I'll say this about him: to me, he's a Debo Samuel body type, six foot, little over two hundred pounds. He was not only a wide receiver but a punt and kick return guy. I think the Bears found for them the guy who can be. We now we know we have our kick returner, we know we have our punt returner, an explosive weapon. He's twenty five years old, a mature guy. We know exactly what his ceiling can be. And if a guy like Jones Jr. is your gadget third receiver and a and a and a punt return kick return guy that can get creative with just get his ball the ball in his hands in offense, I don't hate that. The Bears need guys like that. Now, obviously, you'd like to say no, no. Well, we need a number, maybe a true number one, but definitely a a, a real number two wide receiver. And instead, you go for a guy who's really a three, but a great gadget guy, punt kick returner. If they felt like the value was there, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question it too hard. I do struggle with the fact that you had a couple other wide receivers on the board that people had higher grades on at that point in time, including Bell out of Purdue, who fall who fell to uh, um, uh, Cleveland later in the third round. But overall, for the Bears for their first three picks, I'm not frustrated. I think it's. You, you you solidified one position group and you did add to a group that that needs help. There's still free agency. I, I think the Bears need to be calling Jarvis Landry immediately and saying, "Hey, can you come in and be opposite Darnell Mooney?" I, I think that's a that's a must for the Bears at this point in time. Um, all right. Uh, finally, the quarterbacks. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. I know that was just about uh, tw- a 15-straight-minute rant uh, uh, without pause. Episode 133 of On the Mark. Again, thank you so much for making us a part of your morning uh, here on KHMO. Uh, I, let, let me pause now for just a second, catch our breath, and let's look at the quarterback situation. So, obviously, Kenny Pickett, first quarterback off the board um, to Pittsburgh in round one. I will say this about the quarterbacks. Uh, I think Kenny Pickett falling to the Steelers was a dream scenario for the Steelers. And I've talked to a couple Steelers fans already. Um, and I, and I think all of them have said the said same thing. And I think they should feel this way. If they would have had to trade up to get their quarterback, I think that would have been a mistake. 
when when no quarterbacks went five through twelve, you start to feel really good that he was going to fall to you. Kenny Pickett was going to fall. Um, and I think Kenny Pickett, like I said on the show last week, was the only quarterback I'd feel comfortable drafting in the first round. I did not think that Willis and Corral and Ritter would all go through the second round. I thought there'd be a run of quarterbacks in the second round. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I was right on all this. I, I felt good about the fact that Pickett would be the only person I would put my stamp of approval on as a GM in the first round. And I think he goes to a great situation. Mitchell Trubisky will start the, the, the beginning of the year. And I think Mitchell Trubisky will start most of the year for the Steelers until late in the season when they start to fall out of playoff contention, not because uh, they're a bad team or Mitchell's had necessarily a bad season, but because they're in a really tough division with uh, three teams that are all I think have better, just as good or if not better rosters than them and uh, better quarterbacks. So I think the Steelers will be competitive. They'll be fighting for those wild card spots, hovering around 500 all year. Mitchell will be playing well, showing the rest of the NFL why he is now the guy you want to be the bridge quarterback guy, the spot starter. He is the tier level number one of that. And um, I think by, you know, late in the season, Pickett will, uh, you know, Mitch is a smaller guy. He's injury prone. There will be a moment where Pickett gets his chance and he'll then ride out the rest of the season. And then Pickett will get, uh, you know, all of next year to really prove, you know, the 2023-2024 season to really prove himself. And I think he falls into a great spot, an organization that is patient, an organization that has a really great head coach, an organization that drafts wide receivers well, and a historic organization that, Overall, doesn't fumble stuff like this. And even when they find guys that have to kind of patchwork the Cordell Stewart's of the world, they build around him and, and are successful with that quarterback, even if it's he's not a, a first bout Hall of Famer. And I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be that. I think Kenny Pickett's the hardest thing he's got going for him is now he's clearly the fourth best quarterback in his division. Now he's got more upside than like a Baker Mayfield when he was the fourth best quarterback in his division. I think there's more upside. I think Kenny Pickett... Uh, can be like a Derek Carr, where it's like, if that's the fourth-best quarterback in your division, that's a really good quarterback division. And I just think that's what the AFC North is right now. And and, uh, and good luck to Kenny Pickett. I think it was a, the right pick for the Steelers at that time. For the other quarterbacks, yeah, honestly shocked that they fell through round two. I thought there with how many quarterback-needy teams um, that teams would get anxious and want just guys on the roster in round two. But it just goes to show you, you know, we get hyped up about pro day throws and a, uh, and a lot of the media, the big-time media, the Mel Kuypers, Todd McShays, Daniel Jeremiah's, they were getting used big-time. A lot of teams you could tell now, that, and it's unfair to probably Matt Corral and Malik Willis and Desmond Ritter all thinking and hearing that they were probably going to go in the first if not the absolute latest second round. Um, but really, teams were using them to just try to drum up talk to hopefully get a trade partner to come up and trade up in the draft. That's all that was, it really seemed like, here at the end. And they were all just blowing smoke up each other's butts, and no one really had first-round grades on these quarterbacks. So, um, tough. But I do think these quarterbacks ended up in pretty good spots. I think um, for Malik Willis ending up in Tennessee, that's great. Ryan Tannehill will play 
this whole year. Barring injury, he will start all this year. And then after this year, Tannehill, his contract becomes really, really easy to keep him and really cheap, or he's really cheap to get rid of and move on from if you've seen a lot of pop from Malik Willis. I think Ritter ended up in a good spot. I think that uh, he will have a chance to, to say, hey, can I be your starting quarterback? Um, I think that Matt Corral ended up in a really good spot in Carolina. Same thing as Ritter. Him and Ritter kind of same exact spot. Pickett and Willis will not start, barring injury, until later in the season, or if at all this season. That is my firm belief. Ritter and Corral will get chances to start early in the season. Uh, there will be pressure as Mariota struggles and gets injured. He's injury prone. Uh, and there will be pressure as Sam Darnold struggles and, and throws a bunch of picks and is turnover prone to give these young guys a chance. I think uh, my early prediction would be Ritter and Corral both start before Willis and Pickett. But Willis and Pickett have the better chances to be longer-term starters in the NFL based off of where they fell. So that's how I feel about the quarterbacks in the draft. All right. Whew, what a what a long Hesman headline number one. Thanks for sticking through it. We'll take a break. First break of the show. When we come back, we'll turn our focus back to the NBA as the playoffs move into the second round. No seven-game series in the first round, but I think we could have a couple seven-game series in round two. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Stick around. We're live and local on America's News Talk 1070 KHMO. Our hometown News Talk, 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to the Mark here on News Talk, 1070 KHMO. The KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Uh, you got to talk to them about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. What they're doing over at Cunis is just special. Stop by, tell them Mark sent you, and, uh, you know, perfect day today on a Saturday to drive by the dealership. Especially, you're driving around an old beater where the air conditioning's not working, oh, you know it's coming. You can already feel that summer heat. in the. It's going to be here before I know it in the tri-states. All right. Uh, let's keep it moving on this episode 133 of On the Mark. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right. NBA playoffs officially move into round two. All right. I was a little wrong in round one. I had the, uh, I had a couple upsets. I had the Jazz over the Mavs and that didn't happen. I was way too concerned about the Luka injury and I didn't realize that the Mavs without Luka were not hot garbage. They were decent enough for, for, for at least like one series. So congrats to them. And uh, and then I did have the Raptors over the 76ers, which looked really bad early, but the Raptors made a fight out of it. Um, in the end, I, you know, Tyrese Maxey has just really stepped up, and uh, he's been the difference maker for the 76ers to help them move on. So we're down to our final eight teams, four in the East, four in the West. Let's break down these matchups. And sadly, the biggest headline from the second round is the two giant injuries in the Eastern Conference. So let's start with the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee versus Boston. Uh, you know, this is a, uh, a, a, a matchup that, if healthy, I think strongly favors Milwaukee. 
But the problem is Chris Middleton, he's going to miss the whole series. And that is a real bummer for Milwaukee. He is a great Robin. He is a classic two in the NBA. He is Kevin Durant light. He is, uh, he can fill it up on any given night. He's not a great defender, but he is long. He's a true 6'10, 6'11 long wingspan. And, and he is a guy that, uh, is a threat when Giannis drives to shoot the three. So you have to honor him, especially with his wingspan. He is Kevin Durant light. And, uh, and that's a huge blow for Milwaukee. I mean, think about any team in the second round where you say, oh, they lost their second best player. And probably their best just pure score. Are they going to advance to the second round? Now, the Milwaukee Bucks are the defending champions, and the Milwaukee Bucks do have the best player in the world in Giannis Antetokounmpo. I am going to stick with Milwaukee and my Milwaukee pick. I think Milwaukee wins it in six games. I know that seems bold, but I'll tell you why. I still just think now Milwaukee has so much size, and Milwaukee still has shooting off the bench with Grayson Allen, I think they can find other ways to get points. And I'm sorry, I know that um, the Celtics are a great defensive team. But I just think that Giannis is playing at such an elite level right now. And he is the best player in the world. I still think Giannis can be the best player in the world. And he's that good where it's almost LeBron James in his prime-esque where he doesn't really need a Robin to make it through round two. Now, can he make it through the Eastern Conference and win a championship if Middleton doesn't come back healthy? Absolutely not. But if he, I think Giannis has enough to make it out of round two without a healthy Chris Middleton. Part of this is I, I, I picked the Bucks to start, uh, you know, you know, a couple of weeks, months ago. You know, I put a future on the Bucks to win it all. I'm going to stay strong with it. Listen, Boston's really good. And Boston is young and they're finally just hitting that, that prime. And, and I listen, Boston is scary defensively, but they don't have the size and the length to just handle Brooke Lopez, Giannis. Uh, they can throw guys like Serge Ibaka off the bench. I still think Milwaukee's just too much. This could go seven. If it does, even six or seven games, I trust the experience of Milwaukee, and I have the best player in the world in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Listen, Jason Tatum can beat Kevin Durant in a series. At this point in time, he can't beat Giannis in a series at this point in time. Giannis is still that much better just overall as a player and his growth. Uh, I, I like the Bucks. All right, uh, let's stay in the Eastern Conference and go to the other big injury. Joel Embiid fractured orbital bone. In his face, uh, he's played with a mask before, but he is out indefinitely because this is one of those things you got to give it at least a week to start healing up before you can put the mask on and start playing. I think I think Joel Embiid could miss this whole series, and I think there's really a bad chance that this uh, for the 76ers that, that he may not be back at all. And I sell I, I think especially it would be wrong for the 76ers to rush him back before game three. I think the Heat will take care of games one and game two at home. Game three is Friday. We'll have to wait to see reports of where Joel Embiid is at. If you're down 2-0, that's okay because you have all you gotta do is win one game 
in Miami and you get the home court advantage back in your favor. So uh, if you're down 2-0, you got to try to hold court and James Harden got to play big in game three and game four. And then maybe you get um, uh, Joel Embiid back for game six, which would be May 12th. That would be a full two weeks of rest for him. I don't know. Can you push it to six? I don't think so. I think the Heat are actually going to take care of this uh, by uh, by game five. I think that I think the 76ers get one in Philly. The Heat go back home and serve court and win four one. This injury is is such a game changer. If you have a healthy Joel Embiid, I think the Heat still win, but I think it's a seven game series. I think it's a really fun, physical, dirty, uh, scrappy seven game series. Without Joel Embiid, I think the, the Heat go in with a huge mental advantage. I think the Heat take a big first right hook from the 76ers. They'll come out swinging and try to surprise them and, and steal game one. But the Heat are so strong defensively, so well coached, and they have such a, a team built around character guys like Jimmy Butler and Bam that just play physical. And with the shooting of Hero and Robinson and Kyle Lowry, who's such a dog, I think the Miami Heat will take care of the 76ers in five games. So as of right now, I'm taking Heat, and Bucks in the Eastern Conference. Mark it down. Let's move to the Western Conference. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai here at Hespin Headline Number 2. Western Conference, Golden State and Memphis. I think this is a really fun uh, six-game series. I think it's a really fun six-game series. I think I think the uh, the Warriors will take it at, in Game Six at home. I think the Warriors uh, win one in Memphis. Memphis wins one in Golden State. Golden State takes Game Five, and then they clean them out in uh, in Game Six uh, at, at the Warriors. I think this is a huge um, step up for the Memphis Grizzlies. I think the Memphis Grizzlies have shown that they are the best young team in the NBA and beating the Timberwolves and advancing to the point they've gotten to. But you're now playing at a whole different level. It wouldn't shock me if the Warriors sweep and or win in five. But I think the Memphis is, is feisty enough. Ja is feisty enough. And, and, the, and the Warriors don't play good enough defense for long periods, uh, stretches. For the for Memphis to uh, to to get swept, I think they're Memphis is so offensively uh, offensively explosive. They'll take at least a game. I'm predicting two, but I think uh, they win those early, and the and the series turns, and the Warriors kind of step on the on the Grizzlies' throats in games five and game six. So I I like the Warriors. Uh, pretty easily, it'll be an easy six-game series for the Warriors to take control of. Uh, all right, and then finally, uh, the number one Phoenix Suns versus the Dallas Mavericks. All right, who's healthy? Who's all healthy? Everyone healthy. Luca's healthy. We got Devin Booker healthy. Suns, Mavericks. Shout out to Luca for finally getting over the hump and getting out of the first round. Luca's a lot like Lamar Jackson. He does things that you just are like, wow. This is insane, and he's so fun to watch. But yet, you always kind of feel like he doesn't really have all the talent around him he needs. And his playing style, while really fun to watch and extremely elite, 
doesn't always help everyone because it's just he's like a supernova. Him and Lamar Jackson, I think, are very comparable. Um, and I think I think this is Dallas certainly hitting a season listen ceiling. Uh, Phoenix again is just so good. Phoenix is so is, is such a well rounded team. I think if they're healthy, they'll take care of this uh, in. Five. I think they get they get back home on game five and they'll take care of it. I think they win both games one and games two. Mavericks steal a game three. Suns close them out in four and five. Uh, just a better team. What Dallas needs right now, Dallas needs to get aggressive with a team like uh, Chicago, get a sign and trade for Zach Levine. I hate to say it. I'll talk about Levine in a little bit. But Dallas needs that legit number two. That Luka can just be like, this guy can get buckets for for a stretch of 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, And if they can find themselves like a Jaron Jackson like John Morant has, that's even better. That really is even better. Great for the Mavericks to get out of the first round. I doubted them. The Jazz need to blow it up. Dallas, go get a Rudy Gobert. Go get yourself... Uh, Donovan Mitchell, you need to get aggressive with the teams that are willing to kind of blow themselves up and steal a number two star for Luka. And you could be talking about a Dallas team that's playing in the in the Western Conference Finals next year. All right, so I am taking the Bucks. I'm taking the Warriors. I'm taking Miami, and I'm taking Phoenix. There you go. Those are my NBA round two predictions. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. When we come back, a couple cleanup things from the first round of the NBA, Nets and Bulls I want to talk about, and then a couple quick hitter topics to wrap up the show. We're live and local on America's News Talk 1070 KHMO on the KHMO app. It's on the mark. Take us anywhere. Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. When kids need medical care, they will often face stressful and life-changing experiences. From complex treatments to long hospital stays, these special patients miss out on the things that most kids take for granted and let kids be kids. That's where Starlight Children's Foundation comes in. Since 1982, Starlight Children's Foundation has transformed the in-hospital experience for more than 17 million seriously ill kids in 800 children's hospitals and facilities across the United States. Our state-of-the-art programs like Starlight Virtual Reality, Starlight Hospital Wear, and Starlight Gaming let kids just be kids, if even for a few moments. Whether donning an action figure gown instead of standard hospital issue or settling into gamer mode, if it brings a smile, a laugh, or just a break from their reality, it's happiness delivered. Learn more at starlight.org. That's starlight.org. Hi, I'm Marion Platt. Welcome to Heartbeat. A friend of mine who recently got their motorcycle license was telling me of a lesson they learned early on. When riding, it's important to keep your eyes and your head pointed in the direction you want to go. If there's an obstacle in the road you're trying to avoid, the last thing you need to do is stare at it. If you do, that's inevitably where you will go. This is a lesson we can apply to life. The Bible encourages us to speak words of faith, believing that if God has placed a desire in our heart, with his guidance, we will arrive at our destination. So believe, speak, and act in faith. Keep looking ahead. Heartbeat is brought to you by the Salvation Army. 
Your weatherology forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. Slight chance for scattered thunderstorms today, otherwise mainly cloudy. High of 73, southwesterly winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. 51 tonight, partly cloudy. High of 65 tomorrow, overcast. Right now, 63. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. Let that number sink in. 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. It's the network of dealerships that the Cunis family is a part of that separates them from everyone else in the tri-states. See what all the fuss is about. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Tell them Mark sent you when you stop on in. All right. Um, I got a, a couple little quick hitters in, in uh, to wrap up NBA first-round thoughts. Kevin Durant's legacy should take a hit. When you get swept in the first round, when you're still in your prime, we would be trashing LeBron James. LeBron James never got swept in the first round in his prime. Now, you can argue that, well, LeBron, the past, you know, post-bubble, is in Rocky. Well, yeah, LeBron is past his prime. Even though he's still very good, he's still a top five player in the world, he's not... Prime LeBron James. This is still technically prime Kevin Durant. And maybe now we can argue that Kevin Durant's out of his prime. This was maybe the end of it. You, when you get swept 4-0 and, and you're one of, uh, you, you know, people argue a top 10 player of all time that's still, I would argue, in his prime, that's a bad look. It's a really bad look, especially with the team that you built around it. And your number two, who is people get mad that he wasn't on the top 75 players of all time or whatever. Your number two is a elite level player and he's healthy and playing and you get swept and you built this team. This was what you chose to do. I, I think Kevin Durant's legacy takes a real hit. And I think it ne- you didn't have to convince me, but I hope this lands for certain people. It just again goes to show you why LeBron is the only guy in that MJ conversation. He's not MJ. I've said it before. He is by far the second best player in NBA history, and he belongs in a gap. He's not MJ. There's a gap between him and him and MJ, but there's a gap between LeBron and three. And 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 Le- and it it should make you appreciate a little bit more that gap. Kevin Durant, whoever wants to say for years, well, he won an MVP over LeBron when they're both in their prime. They wanted to argue for years that KD was better than LeBron. He's won nothing without Steph and Clay and Draymond. And in his prime, with Kyrie Irving, gets swept in the first round. That's a, that's a black eye in his legacy as far as me saying that he's a top 10 player of all time. It is. Now, he's got still a, a career left, so we'll see what happens. But it's a mark. And secondly... I think Kyrie Irving's a real problem now for Kevin Durant. I, I mean, did you hear Kyrie's post-game uh, post uh, game conference after they lost, press conference? Remember, this is the Kyrie Irving that when he and Kevin Durant joined forces in Brooklyn, you know, said, we don't even need a coach. We'll coach. We'll just take turns coaching. I mean, Kyrie Irving is is a... A different type of guy. Really different. And now after these, this post game says, Katie and I are building this team with the GM. Basically saying, you know what, we just run this thing and it's going to be our, just in our decisions to make. Yeah, not great. It's not looking good. I, if I was Katie, I would try to get Kyrie out of town. Are you kidding me? I would try to move on from Kyrie. 
I, 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 and I don't know what you can get for him or how you get him out of town, but I, I just, I just think it's a bad situation. Kevin Durant's stuck, and it's, and it's a black mark in his legacy. KD and Kyrie have done nothing together, and, uh, and they're talking like, you know, Kyrie's talking like they're the Beatles and they're in charge and they're, they're not breaking anything up. Okay. And then finally, the Bulls and Zach Levine. Listen, I'd like to keep Zach Levine. I'd like to have Zach Levine as a, as a core player for the Chicago Bulls going forward. I really would. I, at this point, though, I cannot pay Zach Levine the Supermax. And if he wants the Supermax and we can sign and trade and get pieces back for him and let someone else pay the Supermax for Zach Levine, fine. But I would, my goal, my end goal would be to keep Zach Levine, not trade him, but you, uh, not at the Supermax. If the Bulls sign him to the Supermax to keep him, I'll be frustrated with that move. I'll just put it that way. I'll be frustrated with that move because I think then you're, you're locking yourself into a three through six seed for the next three years with first and second round exits. And you're not putting yourself in a position to compete for Easter Conference championships. Uh, Zach Levine on a max max a super max deal, I just I just can't do it. The willing trade partners, I mean, if you can get me a Donovan Mitchell, you can get me a Rudy Gobert. Uh, you know, you can get me. I, I'm not sure how you know what else is out there available. A uh, Brandon Ingram. I don't I don't know. I I, I mean I, I I I'm not good with the NBA cap stuff, but. I'll look for a sign and trade, obviously, as opposed to just losing him. But I, I don't know if I can do Zach Levine on the Supermax after what we just saw in the playoffs. All right, final break. When we come back, three quick hitter topics to wrap up this episode 133 of On the Market News Talk 1070 KHMO. Money. When I was younger, I may have did some stupid things. I committed some crimes, even got shot. But I'm not a criminal. That's right. I'm Jamal. I work for youth advocate programs. Yeah, I was Tumani's advocate, helping him stay out of jail, stay in the neighborhood, get a job, and work hard to see a better future for himself. If you have a change of mindset, you can have a change of action. As a little kid, I experienced trauma and I acted out. Made some mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. No, she's a good student and a great kid. As Jalen's yeah advocate, I'm always here for her. With the youth advocate programs, I was able to connect with Jalen. YAP is a community-based alternative to youth incarceration, congregate placement, and neighborhood violence. After completing our program, 86% of participants were arrest-free. YAP works. And now, I'm a YAP advocate, helping kids like me find a better way. Youth advocate programs. Others talk social change. We make it happen. Learn how at yapinc.org. Being hospitalized can be frightening, especially for a child. Here at Encourage Kids, we provide the resources and the funding to bring much-needed reassurance, smiles, and yes, hope to hospitalized kids and their families. I'm Michelle Hall-Duncan, President and CEO of Encourage Kids, and I encourage you to learn about our positive and life-altering programs, how we ease the anxiety around hospitalization for every one of our pediatric patients. Join our efforts. Visit encourage-kids.org. KHMO and the free KHMO mobile app. Welcome on back to On the Mark here News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. Number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. All right. Wrapping up the show here, final uh, final five minutes or so, a couple quick hitter topics. Uh, first and foremost, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, where where is Baker Mayfield going to play football? I, I was for sure once the Panthers passed on 
quarterbacks around one and two, the Panthers were just going to be all in on and trying to get Baker in uh, for a stopgap year. But now they bring in Sam Howell. I mean, not Sam Howell. Uh, they bring in Matt Corral. And I think now you, you're going to see Matt Corral get a real chance to play football for the Panthers this year. I, I don't know. I, at this point, I just don't know with Baker Mayfield. Seattle still seems like the only thing that makes any sense. Makes any sense at all. And 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 even that is pushy because Seattle's draft is weird and who got it it feels like Seattle's just they're like three blind mice leading that organization right now. So I, I, I don't I just don't know. It's it's I thought Baker would have been traded on day one or day two. Uh, and maybe it is going to be day today on Saturday, as you know. I'm you know as we're live here at nine fifty three. Maybe it is today. You know, it gets a fifth or sixth or seventh rounder, and uh, and uh, and a Baker Mayfield deal gets done. We'll wait and see. Um, M- MLB, what's up with the White Sox? White Sox fans are uh, are all all up in a bunch. I mean, they've lost uh, nine of the last ten. They are on a massive skid. I know they're not 100% healthy yet, but the White Sox were a lot of, you know, kind of sneaky, you know, darling media pick for the World Series this year. And they have put themselves in a giant hole to start the season after going one and nine. Listen, their run differential is bad. And they, and they're, you know, now three and a half games out of the Twins. Now, luckily, the AL Central is not great. And they still have the most talent when all healthy. Um, but what a, a hole they put themselves in. Remember, with the new playoff format in the MLB, those one and two seeds winning the most games, that, secure, that secures you that first-round buy. That's that's an easy way to make a World Series if you can get a first-round buy. So not a great start to the season for the White Sox. I'll say this on the NL. The Mets look pretty legit. That series against the Cardinals, uh, the, the if the Mets can get they're pit. They're the best player in baseball. Degrom healthy. Uh, this Mets team could be pretty scary. Uh, and then finally, I wanted to give a shout out to Miguel Cabrera. He reached the three thousand hits, five hundred homer club. One of only seven players in MLB history to do that, uh, along with guys like Hank Aaron, A. Rod, Pujols, Willie Mays, uh, Rafael Palmero was another one on that list. I'll say this: What's cool about the Miggy three thousand hit is. Miguel Cabrera is it was always such a fun player to watch. You know, he run the won the triple crown. I think Miguel Cabrera, in my opinion, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I, and I'll and I'll say this: we may not see three thousand hits again for a long time. We really might not. Um, you start to look around. Robinson Cano is just about three hundred and seventy hits away, but Cano is really slowed down. He's thirty nine years old. He's in year seventeen. I don't know if he'll ever get there. Uh, speaking of the Mets. And then after him, you have guys like Jose Altuve. He's in year 12, and he's about 1,300 hits away. Goldschmidt, Paul Goldschmidt's in year 12, but he's about 1,400 hits away. And then Mike Trout's in year 12. Mike Trout's the youngest of those guys who are all in year 12 by a, a couple years. And Mike Trout's had a couple injury years. I think there's more life in Mike Trout's legs. He's a 20-year player to me. Maybe even more, 21, 22-year player. And he's 1,500 hits away. So those are three guys you maybe keep your eye for, but it may not happen. We may not get 3,000 hits again for a long time. So celebrating the Miguel Cabrera 
3,000 hits and uh, 500 home runs. A very exclusive uh, club to be in. Uh, finally here, just to say goodbye as we look, as we uh, you know wrap it up, I think there's some good players still left on the board in round, for rounds four, five, and six of uh, the NFL draft coming on up. Where will Sam Howell go? Will, go? will he get a chance, the UNC quarterback, to find a home where maybe he, he has a chance to develop or play? Indianapolis seems like it could make some sense. Seattle, if they're willing to just have a rook, a rookie to throw at the at the uh, out there, um, I like uh, a couple of players. Isaiah Spiller, the running back from Texas A and M, I think he is a a guy that could be uh, a difference maker for a team. You get a fourth round running back, a perfect place to take a running back. You think could have a uh, have some impact. Um, Josh Job, the corner from Alabama, I think is a fourth rounder that you could see uh, a guy could go in the fourth round and could make an impact for a team that in a year from now we're saying, how did they fall that low in the draft? Listen, the draft, you know, it's all about finding those uh, day three superstars, a guy that you get you low investment, high reward, and uh, bummer. Uh, sad, sad to see my Bears don't have a fourth round pick because I think you can you can find there's a lot of good talent in the fourth round and then it drops off significantly fifth round and on enjoy this weekend remember i'm going bucks over celtics i'm going golden state over memphis i'm going miami over philly and dallas over phoenix a week from now we'll try to figure out where i'm at with those i feel good about it but we'll 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 have an update also uh you know we're getting now now we can start really talking about football Free agency, I think, as we are run on free agency this next week is the post-draft, so we'll have some storylines for sure. Enjoy your Saturday. Thanks for tuning in.